friends, welcome to Sky House Herbs Podcast. I'm Ashley Ellenboss, a clinical herbalist, and in this space, I share my knowledge and experience with plant medicine to help you on your own journey of healing and transformation. Join me in exploring the ancient wisdom of plant spirit medicine and how it can be used to heal the body, mind, and spirit. We'll talk to experts in the field and share stories from people who've been transformed by powerful plant allies. New episodes are released each Monday, so please subscribe. And now, let's explore this mystical world of plant medicine together. Hey everyone, welcome in. Today we'll be talking about alcohol and the holidays, two things that often go together, for better or worse. In today's episode, we will be talking about some of the underlying reasons of why we drink during the holidays. We'll talk about strategies for limiting alcohol consumption. We'll talk about other people's drinking and how that may affect you. And then we'll talk about herbs and herbal strategies and some, I think, helpful tips for how to manage, think, and uh, prepare for the holiday season and the alcohol that comes with it. Before I do that, I would love for you all to take a moment to click the subscribe button. I've been so odd with uh, new subscribers. I think we've had like 1,637, I actually looked it up, uh, subscribers just from this year alone. So thank you all for those of you who are new. Thank you, of course, to all of my, my oldies who've been with me from the beginning. And you can be one too. You can join in the Sky House Herb crew and community just by clicking the subscribe button. And then you'll get notified of new herbs and uh, talks that I'm going to be doing. So there you go. I also wanted to mention our annual Kickstarter is underway. So this is our fundraising time where we need your help to meet our financing goals that supports the work that I do on this platform, my husband's work at Nightlight Astrology. It allows us to offer need-based tuition options to students from all over the world for our different courses, including our Roots and Spheres course. So I'm just gonna hop over there real quick. I'm gonna share my screen and uh, come over to the Nightlight Astrology screen. Um, so this is the website for Nightlight Astrology. This is my husband's platform. And if you go to nightlightastrology.com and then right here, you'll see the 2024 Kickstarter. If you click on that, it'll bring you to our Kickstarter page. We have 18 days to go from this moment, which is probably going to be less by the time you listen to this. And uh, so far, we have raised $102,000, which is amazing. Our goal to even get any of the funds is $200,000. We have 496 backers. We're hoping to beat last year's goal of $1,776. So every single donation helps. If you want to back the project, just click this. You can get a seat in our Roots and Spheres course that starts in January, where we partner herbs and astrology. And it's a really fun way to learn about different plants, take them in your body, and learn about how the astrology affects your day-to-day -day life. So I do hope that you'll join us for that course, and um, you'll save about $250 on the course if you register through the Kickstarter um, platform. So please do that if you are able to. And now let's hop back on over to today's topic, alcohol and the holidays. Uh, so why? Why is it that alcohol and the holidays are so connected? 
why is it that we often reach for alcohol during the holiday season? And I think one of the reasons is because of anxiety. I think for a lot of people, the holidays are stressful. So, you know, what do we do with the mounting stress, with the obligations, with travel, with hosting family or friends, is we are looking for outlets. We're looking, I think, very intelligently. Our bodies and minds seek ways to relieve stress. And, you know, certainly, I think for some people, alcohol if there's not an issue of addiction in you know within a person they might be able to imbibe alcohol you know in a pretty moderate way so that's certainly you know we can talk about moderation in alcohol we can also talk about abuse in alcohol but i think we're all looking for some way to decrease tension and stress and there are certainly other options um and these are probably things you know about, like take a walk, you know, look at your diet, make sure you're eating foods that are actually really nourishing and giving you the vitamins and minerals you need. Yoga, breath, meditation, right? Um, making love, you know, uh, going out with friends that you find to be very low stress, right? There's a lot of things we can do. However, the truth is, is that in our culture, in our society, there's a lot of alcohol. Drinking has become a very and not just become, it's been this way for thousands and thousands of years, is that it's a way that people get together and they relax or celebrate together. But I think the anxiety is something that we want to keep an eye on, that we're we're seeking something to help ourselves manage and cope and to not feel so much stress. So if we can just identify that at all and say, oh yeah, that's why I'm doing this, then you're ahead of the game. Then when we get to some of the strategies, they're going to be a little bit more, they're going to make a little bit more sense. Now, the second reason a lot of people drink over the holidays is for the social aspect. As I mentioned, drinking is a very social activity. And around the holidays, we might not want to feel left out, right? We might want to be included. We might not want to be seen as like the uptight person who doesn't drink or like, hey, look at, you know, Fred over there. They don't know how to relax and let go and party, right? Or it could just be, you know, everyone has something in their hand and I don't want to have a cup of water in my hand. Like I don't want to feel left out. So I think the social piece is something that we also want to consider and think about. So what are some, I'm going to share with you some ideas of ways that you can still feel included and feel like a part of the social group without necessarily having to drink. The third reason is that people want to get into the holiday spirit, right? I think there's something, and it's funny, the word spirit and alcohol are also very connected, right? Like people drink alcohol or spirits to um, shift their spirit, to get into a spirit. And I think there's a lot of other ways we can get into the holiday spirit other than alcohol. And this can be wearing something that's really fun. Like maybe like wear that fun, silly, ugly holiday sweater, or, you know, maybe get a facial um, you know, you can do something else, you know, maybe you do something for yourself before you go to a holiday, you know, maybe you take a long walk in the woods and you're like, I'm going to get into my own spirit before I engage in this big, overwhelming social experience that often makes me feel very stressed out. So what are other ways that you can get into the spirit without necessarily having to take spirits? Here's the thing. For a lot of people over the holidays, they tend to drink more and more often than they would at different times during the year because, again, of these three things. Um, and I think in addition, there's just more 
opportunities to get together. Also here in the Northern hemisphere, it's colder out. So people are often inside. It's not like you're out swimming or hiking as much. You're indoors and you're trying to find ways to bond. And alcohol is a, is a pretty common way that our, a lot of people do that. So I think what we want to look at is we are, we're, this is going to be probably in our face more, more regularly during the holiday season. And I want you to think about how you feel usually after a holiday experience when you've had too much alcohol. For a lot of people, and myself included, you know, I remember in college, you know, you come home and it's like the Friday after, or is it like, no, it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, like everyone goes to the bars and then that all weekend and also over, over, you know, the winter break, there's a lot of get togethers. And I just remember one of the main things would be like, I overshared. I said things I didn't, I shouldn't have said. I gossiped, I criticized, right? I said too much about something that really I should not have said, right? And so the oversharing and gossip piece can be a side effect because what alcohol does is it's a nervous system depressant. So it 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 it, it lowers our inhibitions. And so we're often, you know, saying things, doing things, behaving in ways that we normally wouldn't under normal, more sober circumstances. Another thing that often happens to people after drinking is that it causes extreme mood dysregulation. And it's really interesting, even after one night of drinking, for the next two to three days, your hormone levels and the neurotransmitters like serotonin are going to be really dysregulated. So for a lot of people, they're going to experience emotional dips. And so if you're, if you have like, if, if you think of the, of the holidays as a marathon, what you don't want is all of these ups and downs. You want to try to create a more stable experience for yourself where your moods are more stable. That's going to help you get through the holidays with less fights and arguments, you know, less tension and drama. So if you can keep your alcohol consumption, if you are drinking, to, you know, just taking it down even a few bits or a few, you know, a few drinks, right? Every time you're going to help with that emotional dysregulation that can happen from drinking alcohol. And then of course, there's all of the health consequences too, like dehydration, brain fog, lethargy, uh, less motivation. Also when you drink alcohol, because it converts to sugar, we often have a, a sugar crash, which causes us to want to have more caffeine and eat more sugar to try to get our mood up again and get our energy up. So we can make worse choices when it comes to food and future drinks if we start down this path. So those are all, I think, good reasons to really consider and think about how do I want to enter this holiday season a little differently? All right. So I want to talk about some options and strategies. What can we do? And these are things that I have done. Um, there are things that I have learned through my engagement in Al-Anon, which is an organization that supports people who are either family member, who have family members or friends who are alcoholics. So I have, having grown up in an alcoholic household and having seen this a lot during the holidays, um, I am well aware of how this can go wrong. And I have seen also um, through some very good role modeling, how it can go right. So here's the first thing. This is one strategy that you can do for yourself is to plan ahead. So you can start off by saying, I'm going to this event 
And how many drinks are you going to have? So maybe you know your limit is two, right? Like I, two is good. I can feel social. I can feel relaxed. And usually things turn out well and the next day I feel okay. For you, might it might be one drink, right? It might be three drinks. So you decide in advance how many drinks you're going to have and then tell a friend or tell someone at the party, you know, just say, you know, I'm going to have like, I think I'm just going to have maybe one or two drinks today, you know, two drinks. I think that's my limit. When you say it out loud and you've got that then buddy who can be account help you be accountable, that's really helpful. It is especially helpful if you don't want to drink at all. If you're like, you know what, today I am not, I'm not going to drink tonight. And you tell someone and you say to your aunt, you know, tonight I'm not drinking. You know, they offer you a glass of wine. You know, tonight I'm not drinking. Once you say it out loud, not only does it help, it, there's something neurological that helps you then become more accountable, but then you also have someone who's going to say, you know what, I see, I see, you know, you poured yourself a drink and you said you weren't. Well, can I check in with you, right? And then you can do this also for other family members as well. Don't instigate it. We'll talk about other people's drinking in a minute. But for yourself, that can be really helpful to just have someone you trust or to have even just said it to a stranger. I'm not drinking tonight, bartender. You said it. That makes a difference. The second strategy is BYO or bring your own drink. And so this is really great if you've chosen not to drink alcohol at a holiday event. Bring your own favorite non-alcoholic drink. Some of my favorites are hop water. It, you know, I really like hoppy, I, I love hops. I love really bitter things. So I'll bring like a case of hop water. And you know, it's enough. Maybe I'll have three or four and then I can share it and introduce it to other people who might want some. And then it's a no-brainer. I don't have to worry about what am I going to drink? Are they going to have options that I want? Because I brought my own. There's also a really great company out there um, called Seedlip. And they make spirits, but they're non-alcoholic spirits. So you can add it into tonic water. If you want to have something that looks like a cocktail, like we call it mocktails, then you can bring your own bottle of some pre-made non-alcoholic drink mix. And then throw that in, you know, bring an orange and slice it up and put it on the rim, make it look really cute or bring some fresh crushed mint, put that in your drink. So you can make your own and then you're, you're in control and you can also spread the word. And that might be helpful in your situation to be like, yeah, you know, somebody's curious about what you're drinking and then you can share about your journey with alcohol. And I think that's sometimes how the seeds get planted. Um, the other thing is to have an exit plan, right? This is something my husband and I often do, which is, okay, we're going to stay for three hours. So at 7.30, we are going to leave. Or, you know, we're going to stay for two hours and we're going to have two drinks. And that way, you know, together we are monitoring what we're drinking, how much, and how long we're going to stay. And often having an exit time can be helpful in helping you map out when do you want to have your drinks when you're going to have them. Or if it's a non-alcoholic situation, yeah, making sure you pack enough to last you during that time. And then when the drinks are gone, you're gone, right? And you, you know, that that can be very helpful for planning it out. And then the number four strategy is just limiting how many social engagements you have per season. You know, Adam and I last year had our calendars booked. We went to plays and I mean, we had so many things. We had family visiting. I mean, our whole December was completely scheduled out. And so we decided this year, we're going to not do that. So we went to one play, we have just a few social engagements, and we're trying to keep our, our social exposure minimal because both, I mean, I'm more extroverted, I think, 
Um, I like to be social, but I also have a cap. And so knowing that about yourself, how, how many social engagements can you manage while maintaining your serenity and maintaining the level of stress that is going to be manageable for you? So try, try those four, see if they help. One, plan ahead. Two, bring your own drink. Three, create an exit plan. And four, limit your social engagements. Okay. Now, what about other people's drinking? You know, are you anticipating that you're going to be going to a family gathering and someone's going to be drinking and it's going to be bother it's going to bother you. It's going to affect you. Now, I am just going to say this that I um I am not a, a drug counselor, I am not a marriage counselor, I'm not a family counselor, but I do have a lot of experience with families of alcoholics and certain dynamics. I've also been a member of Al-Anon now for four and a half years, which is, woo -woo, I can toot my own horn. I'm so proud of myself because it has really changed my life. So some of the principles that might be helpful for you as you're at engagements with people who are drinking is the number one thing is to stay in your own lane. And this is something that's really hard to do, especially if it's a spouse or you know, someone who's really close to you, a sibling, and you're, you want to tell them you've had too many drinks. You've had three drinks, you know, or you've had four drinks. Look at how you're behaving and all the guilting, all the shaming, all the blaming, all the scowling, all the threatening doesn't actually change another person's behavior. And sometimes it can even backfire and make the behavior worse because alcoholism is a disease. And in Al-Anon, I learned the three C's, which have really changed my life and my relationship with the alcoholics in my life, which is you didn't cure, you didn't cause it, you can't control it, and you can't cure it. You didn't cause it, you can't control it, and you can't cure it. And if you can remember those, then you can look at the disease of alcoholism in another person and be able to have a little bit more distance, detachment, and compassion. Now, I will say this, that if your safety is being threatened because of another person's drinking, let's say they're the one that's driving, or you don't feel safe around them because of their drinking, then it's really important that you take care of yourself first. So ask someone else for a ride home. You know, you don't have to get in the car with someone who has been drinking too much. You always have choices. Now you have Ubers. They didn't have those when I was younger, but you know, you can call on someone else, call a taxi, call an Uber, find a safe way home and, and let the other person make their choices. And I really love this um, acronym, uh, Q-tip, quit taking it personally. Because I think this is something that we do a lot with alcoholics in our lives as we feel like they're trying to hurt us. Why are they trying to make our lives miserable? You know, why don't, if they, if they loved us, they would stop. And if we remember to Q-tip or quit taking it personally, we understand that they're not doing the, the drinking really probably has very little to do with you. It probably has a lot to do with the disease, with their own coping strategy, their own personal history, their own personal trauma, and that they're not really trying to hurt you. Um, they are often trying to help themselves in, unfortunately, a more destructive way. 
So if we can take a step back from another person's drinking and just observe it like that, sometimes that distance can help us to turn the mirror around and look at ourselves and say, well, what am I doing? How am I taking care of myself? Am I managing my own drinking? Am I taking good care of my own body? Am I setting things up for my family or children in a way that is safe and secure? Um, how do I cope with stress? What am I choosing to do in this moment, right? Can I take a step away, go outside for a, a quick breath of cold air, right? Placing the responsibility back in the hula hoop of what you're actually responsible for, which is anything inside of the hula hoop is your responsibility, unless you have small children, of course, but otherwise it's only within that hula hoop, which is basically you. That's all you are really truly responsible for. And then if you are caretaking children, they come in the loop with you and you have to think about their well-being as well. But other than that, especially with adults and adult, you know, children who are adults, if you have adult children who drink a lot, you know, this is another acronym that's really helpful is love is really the best thing you can do is to love them. And the acronym love stands for let others voluntarily evolve. Let others voluntarily evolve. That's really hard, especially when you love someone. But to love them is not to shame them, to blame them, to curse them, to punish them. That's actually not love. That's not loving behavior. But to say to someone, I need to take care of myself. I'm going to get another ride home. I love you. Please be safe. Clear boundaries, clear separation, no arguments, no blame, no shame. And then you get yourself and your family and whoever you're responsible for home. So I just want to say that is been so helpful for me. Um, you know, thankfully I'm not married to an alcoholic, um, but I grew up in an alcoholic household and, uh, boy, do I wish that, that some of these would have been implemented when I was growing up. Now let's talk about herbs, herbs that can help. I would have, I would recommend for everyone in the holiday season, starting now, if you haven't already, to start taking some sort of an adaptogen. Adaptogens are herbs that help your nervous system regulate your stress response. It keeps you from going into fight or flight or going into freeze and shutting down. It keeps you on a more even keel with your moods and your energy levels and even your immune system throughout very busy seasons like the holidays. So some examples of adaptogenic herbs would be reishi, ashwagandha. Uh, there's a really great combination of adaptogens and calming herbs called, uh, it's called Calmadapt by herbalists and alchemists. They're based here out of New Jersey in the United States. I'll include a link. But if you can find some adaptogens to start taking either in capsule form or in a tincture form, um, those are really, really wonderful. And a lot of herbal companies across the world now have adaptogenic formulas. So try to find a high quality herbal adaptogen, start taking that now through the new year. Um, the second class of herbs that are really great are nervines. These are herbs that are going to help your nervous system. Um, stay in a more calm and relaxed state. And, and adaptogens often take a longer time to build in the body. So they build resilience over time, whereas nervines work in the moment. So you want both. You both want to build over time and you want something you can take before you go to the party that's going to give you an extra calm, you know, an extra hit of calm. 
extra hit of serenity. So some of my favorite herbal nervines for this season would be milky oats. I just did an herb of the month video on it. So you can learn more about milky oat tops, how to use them, what they're good for, how they work in the body. Some great clinical trials that have shown they've been helpful with tobacco use and um, helping with addiction. But I really like it because when I take milky oats, which I have here on my desk, it's like a blanket of calm. You just get this instant, it's cooling, calming, and collecting. So before you go out into the world, take some drops and you'll feel it just sort of coat the nervous system and give you a little buffer against overstimulation. The second herbal nervine that I think works really well over the holidays is skullcap. And skullcap is really good for the busy mind. When you have like 12 plates spinning and you're just, you're having a hard time organizing your thoughts or checking things off the list. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed and behind. Skullcap is a great herb you can take daily to help ease that anxiety and to bring you back into a calm center. Now, the third nervine is Damiana. I also did an herb of the month video on this, gosh, back in January. So you can look back to my herb of the month playlist to learn about more about Damiana. But I'll just say this, is that Damiana, it's relaxing and it brings you into the sensual part of your body. And I was thinking this would be a really nice herb for people who are choosing not to drink because it will give you that body kind of high and that mental high while still being very grounded. Um, it really seems to, it initiates and it increases circulation. It increases libido, not in a, like not in like a whoa off the charts way, but just in a subtle way where you start to feel more pleasure, uh, more happiness, maybe, um, yeah, like more of like that sort of erotic contentment. If we can put those two words together, I think Damiana is a wonderful herb to that for that. So you could take that with you to a holiday gathering and that can be a great way. Maybe you put that into your, oh, hi, babe. <laughs> Maybe you put that into your holiday drink um, or your mocktail to give you that extra little uh, boost. So give that one a try. It works really well as a tincture, also as a tea and as a uh, glycerite. If you're going non-alcoholic, try to find Damiana as a glycerite. I believe that Eclectic Herbs carries it. I'll try to find it and put it in the description. And then I mentioned before, Seedlip makes different mocktails. So this would be a great thing to bring along with you. They have a citrus clove one that's really tasty. And then a garden herb one that's like very grassy and green and hoppy. So you can check out that. I know they sell that through Amazon, also through their website, seedlip.com. I'll include links if you want. I have no affiliation with any of these companies. This is just me sharing things that I have found helpful. I am also not a doctor, nor am I an addiction specialist. So please, if um, you know, take what I say and use it uh, for what is going to be helpful for you. If you are looking for help with your own drinking or with someone else's drinking, please reach out to someone. There are so many great programs out there that can help you. I love 12-step programs, so Alcoholics Anonymous, if you are having, if you're struggling with your drinking, or also Al-Anon for those who are, maybe have friends or family members who struggle with drinking and it's affecting you. So those are some great resources and, you know, be good to yourselves. I think that's the bottom line is holiday seasons can be really tough for a number of reasons, 
So just take a moment, take a few extra beats every day, touch inward, connect inward, drink some extra water, eat some extra fruits and vegetables, do what you need to do to stay in your center and to be kind to yourself. And then you'll notice that the kindness you bring into yourself, you can't give what you don't already have. So if you really want to give that holiday spirit, start to cultivate it first inside and you'll be amazed at how freely it will flow from you. So thank you all. Happy holidays. Have a wonderful time. Thank you again for your support, for subscribing, for donating to our Kickstarter this year, and I'll see you all again soon.